Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this how-to episode, I will share how to talk about and teach people how to experience Jesus through dialogue journaling. As soon as I learned this amazing tool, I had to share it with others. It's a life-changing, faith-catapulting, biblical secret that was given to Dr. Mark Verkler in the late 1970s from the Lord. Before learning the skill of dialogue journaling, my Christian life was a slow and steady movement forward for decades. But once I learned how to have direct encounters with God, my faith and my fruit-bearing skyrocketed. It does amaze me that even my students at Christian Leadership University can keep this life-altering skill a best-kept secret, and many don't teach others how to do this, even their closest friends. I'm not sure if it's because they don't know how to biblically defend it, or they simply don't know how to show folks how easy it is. But that's what I wanted to address in this episode. If you have been listening to the Experience Jesus podcast and learning how to dialogue journaling has changed your relationship with God and your life, you want to know how simple it is to teach people the simple steps of how they too can connect with God just like you can. This process can take only 30 minutes. That's 15 minutes to explain it and 15 minutes for them to experience God and then discuss it. So in this episode, I'm going to lay out some key steps in presenting the skill of dialogue journaling to someone. The first step is to help people actually want to learn how to do it. Why should people want to know how to hear God's voice this personally? Well, the answer to the question is that it induces hunger for them to go deeper with God. So how do you go about this first step? Well, most importantly, share your story. How has using this tool changed your relationship with the Lord? Honestly, this is all I did. The first person I taught how to journal, I had just shared something that the Lord had given me through dialogue journaling, and she was blown away and wanted to know how to do it. That's as simple as that. So sharing a journal example of something the Lord has said or shown you is a way to induce people's hunger. Asking them questions like, would you like to have the God who created heaven and earth speak to you by name about the issues of your life and show you how to solve your personal problems explain the Bible to you and give you direction and personally heal you? Who wouldn't want that? People think God is distant, but that is not the truth of who he really is in the Bible. And we just need to experience the truth of who God says he is. Explain that the names of God are personal. He's called the bridegroom, the mighty counselor, the friend, the defender, provider, healer. Now, let me ask you something. Would you marry, seek counseling, trust with your secrets, or lean on, in times of crisis, someone you can't hear, see, or feel? 
God has these names because he showed up in the Bible as these names to people, and they personally encountered him in these ways. If they could do it then, we can do it now. As different as this experience really may seem on the outset, it's really very normal to hear directly from God. So the second key step in sharing how to do dialogue journaling is to normalize it. Hearing from God is normal and it's easy. God created everyone to see and hear Him by giving them the eyes and ears of their heart. If you were unable to connect with Him this way, you never would have been able to accept Him as your Savior in the first place. God is not willing for any to perish, so He wired all of us to be able to communicate with Him directly. It's actually the reason we have a spirit. We are body, soul, and spirit. And the Spirit is the part of us that was created to communicate and connect with God. People have no problem believing that the Bible was written by God through other people. And I want to share with you that the entire Bible was written using the same four keys we're going to be talking about in a few minutes. So God spoke to people and they received it. Two-thirds of the Bible was from people who heard something from God, wrote it down, and shared it. And one-third of the Bible was people receiving messages from dreams and visions and writing it down and sharing it. In all cases, they were using the eyes and ears of their heart to connect with God. Hebrews 13.8 says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if this is how God spoke to the Bible writers... He can do it now, too, even more so that we have the Holy Spirit whose job is to endue us with the power to connect with God's nature and release his love to others. This direct access to the Father is what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. He died for you to have the ability to talk to God directly. That's one of the reasons he died anyway. I really like doing this two-part test as well to show people how they, on an everyday basis, use the eyes and ears of their heart. You've been using them every day without even realizing it. And here's uh, two quick tests to prove it. First, close your eyes and picture your kitchen. Look around at the screen of your mind and walk around this kitchen What do you see? What do you smell and sense? Now I want you to go to the sink and turn it on. Touch the water. You can feel that. Shut it off. Then walk over to the fridge and open it. And you can see the contents of your fridge. Now, were you able to do that? You just used the eyes of your heart. Okay, so now let's do a test to check out the ears of your heart. I want you to close your eyes and sing the happy birthday song in your mind. Could you hear yourself singing that in your mind? You just used the ears of your heart. 
Now, the degree of clarity of seeing and hearing when you encounter Jesus in journaling is about as clear as these experiences. So you're not going to be able to see things on the screen of your mind quite as clearly as if your eyes were open, but you have an idea of what it looks like to have pictures light up on your mind. It's totally normal. Now, what I want to do now is address the issue that a lot of folks have where they have a concern that what we're doing looks an awful lot like what New Age folks can do. And before we dive into the scripture on this, I just want to say that New Age practices are counterfeits to the truth. They're counterfeits to the truth. So there is no $3 bill because there isn't a real $3 bill and it's not valuable. Nobody's going to bother counterfeiting that. So New Agers tend to encounter the spirit realm, but they're not encountering God. And we're going to show you how to make sure you're encountering God. Matthew 7, 9 and 11 says, What man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will, not, will he not give him a snake? If then, being evil, knowing how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give you what is good to those who ask him? New Agers connect with the generalized spirit realm, and when they do, they get negative spirits. We, on the other hand, are calling on God and God alone. When you ask for Jesus and expect him to answer, he will answer. If you expect other spirits to answer, they will answer because they are getting permission by you. I remember the Lord answering this question for a student of mine when she said, well, how do I know that, the, that when I call your name, it's actually you that answers? And he said, when you call on my name and you ask for me, what demon would dare answer my call? Shudder at the thought of it. We call on the name of Jesus, the name of the Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, but we never call on any other name. Just his when we do dialogue journaling. Even though when we call on his name, we expect him to answer, we still do our due diligence after we've received a message from the Lord and we test it against scripture to make sure that what we've actually listened to lines up with God's names, his character, and his promises. So God's names sound like uh, the fruit of the Spirit. He's love, he's joy, he's peace, he's patience and kindness and goodness and self-control and faithfulness. His messages build you up, they encourage, they edify, and they exhort. Exhort means to discipline lovingly to make you better. So in general, God is always communicating in a way that will make you better, make you a better person. The enemy is going to sound like his names and character, lying, deceiving, tearing down, robbing, stealing, destroying, condemning. Condemnation 
speaks in generalities and results in guilt, shame, and negative identity assumptions, whereas conviction is a specific loving feedback that leads to repentance, healing, and restoration and helps you align with the truth of your Christ identity. Your voice is logical, analytical, and limited to the natural world and natural understandings. God is the omni-God who lives outside of time and space. So he is all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, and benevolent, which means that he knows and has provision way beyond the limitations of this earthly time and space. So our thoughts are going to naturally be limited, and God will give you his perspective that goes way past anything we would be able to understand on our own. So Dr. Mark Ferkler gave us these four simple keys to hearing God's voice, which is really more than just hearing. It's all it's full sensory receiving of God, but he calls it hearing God's voice. And the first is quieting yourself down externally and internally. The second is fixing your eyes on Jesus. That's asking and expecting to see, hear, and feel only from God. The third is to tune to spontaneity, spontaneous Pictures, thoughts, feelings, music, sensations. And it really is tuning to spontaneity and not trying to create those things yourself, but just paying attention to what happens and you see. And then writing down what you saw and you heard and you felt. Those are the four keys. And we're going to look at how they are founded in Scripture in Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2. The context for this is that Habakkuk was a prophet right as the Israelites were being exiled at the beginning of the 70 years, and he was confused about what was happening. Why was God leading people away? Why was he allowing the Babylonians to take them away? So he goes up to the top of a tower, and he expects to have a conversation with the Lord. And so let's look at those verses and break them down and see the four keys in those two verses. I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. So he went to a tall tower and he found a quiet place so he could look up to God. He was posturing his heart to speak to God. That's the first key, quiet yourself down. And I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. Notice that he was looking and listening. He was going to watch to see, but he was going to hear something, what he will speak to me. He was looking and listening with expectation to hear from God personally. So expecting to hear from who he asked for. He was using the eyes and ears of his heart. And how I may reply when I'm reproved. So Habakkuk knew it would be a conversation with God. He knew he'd be able to hear what God was saying and that he would be able to reply. This is where we get dialogue. 
the dialogue journaling was going to be a two-way conversation. Then the Lord answered me and said, God did reply personally. Now remember, if God can do something and demonstrated that he can do something for someone in the Bible, then that means he still can do that same thing for you. The Lord replied, record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. So God commanded Habakkuk to write down what he was going to say, because writing it down is not just for you so that you can remember, but it also can be used as a blessing for others, which is one of the reasons why I'm sharing how to do this to you, because it's really important to be able to teach people how to do this. A lot of people don't like to write things down. And I got to tell you, it's important because you will forget what he said and you may forget what he even showed you. So you want to make sure you capture it because we're talking about the God of the universe having a conversation with you. This is important stuff. You should write it down. Next, before you practice doing dialogue journaling with somebody, it's a great idea to prepare them for the encounter by having them manage their expectations of what it's going to look and feel like. So I usually tell people that God's voice sounds like your own thoughts and pictures on the screen of your mind, but they come spontaneously and has his nature and character and promises all over it. So there's many, many, many times that God has been speaking into your heart and you just thought it was you because it's in your head. It's in your mind. Um, but his voice will be loving, it will be encouraging, and it will be all the things that we said already that it would be. And then, as we said before, you want to have somebody practice using the eyes and ears of their heart. And like I said, I use the kitchen observing your kitchen and happy birthday as the two little ways to do that. So give them an opportunity to see that it's that easy. In addition to seeing and hearing, others just get feelings or sensations. They might feel God's love, but they can't see him. All of this is good. All of this is fine. Encourage people to not despise small beginnings because the more you do this, the more you can. So, if it starts off and all you can see is a little something and then, you know, it grows, you can, you can see him. I remember one lady could just feel God hugging her, which was kind of enough for her first experience. She couldn't see him or, or anything else, but she could feel that, and that was enough. So whatever you get is okay. Just um, know that you can get more as you go. Another major tip is encourage people to imagine themselves as a child between the ages of four and eight. This will help them to more naturally connect with God. They will have a more open heart because it's activating their childlike faith. Your inner child knows how to connect with God so much easier than your adult self does. So you need to allow your inner child to be able to connect with God and 
the frequency of God's voice is the alpha brainwave, which is another whole thing, but that's children live in alpha. So if you imagine yourself as a child, you have a much easier way of connecting with God that way. I always encourage a special place. Having a special place in your spirit where you can go and you know that Jesus will always, always be there. It's a internal spiritual place that the Lord actually will create for you. I actually have a link to my guided imagery that I will link below this episode that you can use at any time when you're sharing with somebody. Just keep this link handy and I can facilitate that for them and guide them all the way through it. But if you have been part of this podcast for any period of time, you should have an established special place and know how to see Jesus there whenever you need to. Here are the basic steps of facilitating a special place encounter for somebody. Always tell people to pray and welcome God's presence first before you do anything. And have them declare an expectation that they're going to be speaking with Jesus so that they know they're not going to be addressing anybody else. And then after that prayerful meditation time, ask them to imagine themselves as a child. When I do this, I often ask people to notice their hands and their feet and the clothing that they're wearing just so that they can really acknowledge that what they're seeing is themselves as a child. And sometimes I use an elevator as a way to find the special place. Other times I don't, but um, people tend to like the elevator, so it's not a bad idea to have your child walk up to an elevator and when the doors open, the only button on there is Jesus, and you have people push that button. You want to pay attention to every sensation that you're having, so you want them to feel the movement of the elevator, and you want them to see the button that says Jesus, and feel it when they push the button, that kind of stuff. The more you activate the senses, the more real the experience feels for you. When the elevator doors open, you will see a beautiful place. For some, it may be a place that you've been before and you have loving memories. And for others, it's a beautiful place in general, or even sort of a supernatural place, not even an earthly sort of place. The Lord knows exactly what place to pop into people's minds. So you do not need to direct this, just look and relax and allow whatever images that you see to pop in your mind. You don't need to create that. God is the one that's directing that. God speaks in your language, so even if it seems strange at first, just kind of go with it. Once you step into your special place off the elevator, you really want to activate every one of your senses, your spiritual senses. You want to be looking and listening, smelling, feeling, and sensing this place. And I usually have people look carefully and pay attention to pieces of it at a time, going to the left and the right and front and up and down. And um, 
you're going to want to speak slowly enough um, if you're guiding it for people to be able to see it as you're going through it. So the reason this part is important is it's actually waking up your spiritual senses and kind of tuning them into God so that you can um, be in receive mode from him. Then you will turn around, and this is where you will see Jesus walking toward you and make sure that he has a, you know, you encourage that scene to have him have a big smile on his face. I usually have him uh, hug you. Remember your child, so sometimes he'll swing you around or give you a kiss on the forehead or something, but just make sure that you're having them expect Jesus to be a loving, safe person in the encounter. Then usually there's a question that will be prompted that you want to have a conversation with him. He will take you somewhere or to sit you down and you can ask him questions. And the basic question that we usually start with a first special place encounter would be, Lord, how do you feel about me? Or something about why did he create you? Something connecting you with him. And at that point, Jesus completely takes the wheel and he can do, say, anything. Give them time, 12 to 15 minutes is usually a good amount of time for them to experience it and then ask them what they saw. And remember, whatever they saw as a beginning experience is a good thing because the more you do this, the more you can. I've had people that started off not being able to see God at all and are now doing full sensory stuff or or only hearing and now they can see and hear and feel or only seeing and now they can hear. So the more you do this, the more of your senses. Now believe that God can connect with you in all of these ways and not just say, oh, I'm a seer. I don't usually hear. I can hear, but I don't see. No, he has created you to be able to do it all. So if you are naturally able to hear but not see, ask to see because he is able to communicate. And, you know, the word tells us in Matthew 7, 7, that we're supposed to ask, seek, and knock. So he's going to answer that question. Encourage them when you're sharing, when they're sharing with you that it was a real spiritual experience. This was not a figment in somebody's imagination. You did not conjure this up. It really is God speaking to you. When you don't believe it, then you're really robbing yourself of what God just did. And, you know, that hurts his feelings, quite honestly. So he wants you to believe it. He is believable. Once you've had the special place experience, you can go back there at any time. And the more experiences you have there, the more Jesus can take you somewhere else. And, you know, I'll have a, a special place as my starting place, but he's taken me to dozens of places since then. He's not limited by the space. And sometimes he completely changes your special place. You know, it starts off at a beach and then it winds up somewhere else. That mine started off at a lake and now it's a completely different place. 
all of these things are the basics of just sharing how to connect with God through dialogue journaling. So to summarize the steps, the first is share your story of how dialogue journaling has changed your relationship with the Lord. The second step is to show that it is absolutely normal and that hearing God's voice is something they're doing whether they realize it or not. The third is to distinguish it from the things of the new age so that they're not afraid to do it and back it up with scripture. The fourth is to share the four keys, the biblical four steps of hearing God's voice with Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2. The fifth step is to manage expectations and let them know what it could feel like and what it could look like. The sixth step is to lead them through a special place encounter or to link to the one I have below so that you don't have to do it because I've already done it. And then the last step is to see what they got from the Lord when they got that experience and encourage them to continually go back to the special place and encounter Jesus as often as they can. The more names of God you encounter, the more real he is in your life. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. So for your encounter experience, I'd really like you to teach somebody how to do this. So find somebody that you think would be blessed by this and experience the special place encounter and sharing how this works with them. And then I'd love for you to report back on anybody that you're teaching how to do this. And I also want to say, if you have children, teach them how to do this. They are going to teach you how much easier it is. But children do so well with journaling. And um, even if they're super young and can't actually write, they can share their story and draw pictures. And it's just a great, great way for them to get used to, at a very young age, communicating with God personally. So that's your assignment for encountering Jesus this time. And you can ask him to show you the people that he wants you to share this with. He'll be with you to help you walk through it. Let's see what Jesus has to say about sharing the tool of dialogue journaling. I long to have the deep personal encounters with my body that my resurrection purchased. It's so simple to meet me this way. Don't make it more complicated than simply resting and receiving me and experiencing me together, sharing conversations and experiences. 
using this dialogue journaling tool is one way that you share the good news of my gospel. It has the power to move people from having a distant intellectual understanding about me to a life-changing heart revelation with me. I would love to see this capability realized in the entire body of Christ, and I want you to be my hands and feet to pass the dialogue journaling tool like a relay runner passes a baton in a race. Allow me to show you how easy it is to do this with me. Well, I hope that you learned that it's pretty easy to connect with God personally. It's pretty easy to get direct information from him about how he feels about you and what he's doing in in your life, and that you continually grow the times that you have with him, whether prompted by this podcast or not. Once you learn how to dialogue journal, you don't need me to guide you in it. You just know how to do it, and Jesus absolutely knows how to take you exactly where he needs to take you. So I pray that you would get used to and practice dialogue journaling as an everyday tool in your life. Would you like to know how to go deeper with God? I want you to prayerfully consider attending the Deeper Spirit Life Workshop, May 12th to 14th, 2023, on the shores of Lake Erie near Cleveland, Ohio. God's glory has the power to transform you in an instant. What could God do with you and through you if you learned how to quiet yourself and gaze long enough for God's glory to transform you? Gazing is a long look, while glancing is a short one. When you gaze at Jesus, he gazes back, and his glory flows where his eyes are fixed. In God's glory, there is peace, healing, and clarity of purpose and direction. Learn how to stay in God's presence long enough for him to transform you into the Christ you that he died for you to become, your Christ's perfected identity. You can expect expertly facilitated Jesus encounters and plenty of time to connect with God in this workshop. For more information and to register, check out spiritlifeworkshops.com. We hope to see you there. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.